Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Recollection Step, a Grand Archive TCG podcast, part of the Main Deck Podcast family. I'm Dan. And I'm Taylor. Uh, and Dan, there is a lot of stuff going on in the world of Grand Archive right now. It is a great time to be a player. Um, we've got Omnidex rolling out. We've got Alchemical Revolution launching this week. Uh, if, you know, if I'm lucky, I'll have product in my hands by the time people start to hear this this podcast episode this should be going live on friday the friday of release in fact exactly. so it's yes. perfectly scheduled happy alchemical revolution launch day to everyone mm-hmm. uh, make sure you hit up your locals for those really sweet uh they got the kits with that have the the foil versions of the material deck cards from the starter decks the, the ones that are exclusive to starter decks so you want to go hit those up for sure oh yeah definitely Taylor, you you have plenty of experience playing the starter decks, as do I. <laughs> yes, yep, absolutely. It was. Good I think times. we can. I was wondering if we should like just pull pull open the curtain here and let everyone know. I think that you are in fact Dan's teammate. Yes, yeah, that is me. Yep, yeah, we. Which <laughs> for people who listen to the podcast and aren't glued to the Grand Archive Discord. They don't know what's going on. So really, this is just a mention for the for the Discord people from that whole discourse that happened uh, earlier in the week. But yes, yep. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we can uh, we can move on. Um, the, the less said, the better. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I was just, I was going to roll into to OP and, and rolling onto the to the topic. So you know, if you got some, go for it. Oh yeah. Well, I I mean, I just wanted to mention like. This week, there have been so many things. We're going to be talking a lot about organized play and especially the Omnidex today. But I was really excited, and I don't want to. I don't want to just skip over the fact that we had the world's website revealed this week as well, which yes. I think we wouldn't really talk about in in the rest of the the conversation here. Um, worlds taking place in May in Las Vegas. Uh, there were so many cool little tidbits that we saw um, from the world's website. Uh, but I think one of the, you know, the things that I like the minor thing that I was most excited about was that really sick splash art that they showed of all the champions, like facing off against each other. Like it was a fighting game or something. Yes. That was super cool. I loved that. The, the red versus blue, like very evocative of, of like street fire business or anything like that. It was, it was great. Loved it. I, what I really like is, um, I'm like, I'm actually really starting to feel you know, now we've we've seen the whole spoilers for Alchemical Revolution. I've looked through everything, been pouring over that, uh, and the the game. I feel like they're they're starting to really build these characters up a little mm-hmm. bit more, and and I've found it really interesting just looking at all the different artwork for all the different cards and noticing. Oh, you know what? That's that unique character. Like there's uh, uh, Dahlia's in this one, and there's mm-hmm. there's Rose, and there's. Uh, I don't know. Is it Rococo or yeah, I think that's how you yeah, say it. Rococo. Rococo. Yep. Mm-hmm. Rococo. It shows up in a few arts as well. And like, yep. I just, I, I love that they're building up this, this lore kind of behind the scenes. It's not like super in your face, but it, it, when you see that artwork like that, and it's fun to like, Oh, I actually know who all these characters are. And, and it's just cool. I think mm-hmm. they're going to keep building um, upon themselves now. And I'm just looking forward to getting a, 
a I, I'm hoping to see some of these characters recur a little bit more, I think is the big thing. I, I think we're going to see quite a bit of that, actually. So the new lineage break champions, uh, Nico and Polcock and uh, Vanitas, they have blurbs on the website now under champions. Yeah, uh, I noticed that's that. been expanded. Um, so they're part of like a group called the Obliviate. Um, and so we're doing a little lore dive, I guess, but, uh, they're kind of like the, you know, just the antagonists of the, the story so far, um, uh, working to, you know, do whatever they want to do, whatever that be- is. We don't really know what their, their motives are yet. Um, they're just kind of acting behind the scenes to, to enact their goals, uh, which is really neat. And then, um, a lot of Tristan fans out there, Tristan's still hanging around. I think she ended up on, um, Oh, what is this plane or this, this Azoth uh, Azoth. Yeah. She ended up on Azoth. Uh, so she's doing cool stuff here. Um, so just already, like we're seeing some of that, that recurrence happen. And yeah, like you said, the, just seeing all these characters in all the different art pieces throughout the set is, uh, super cool. Um, even with like the, the characters that just have not had a lot of attention yet. Um, there's like a couple Ranger uniques that, um, have, we're not like spoiled super early. So I didn't see them until the set was spoiled. Um, but they also have other cards where they're appearing on and it's, yeah, I love seeing all that, that connectivity. Like it really shows that, that they're really putting a lot of thought into the cards they're developing and not just like the mechanics of it, but also how it all works together thematically, which is really how you make like a, a good trading card game in the long term. Like you need these cards to have a good mechanical identity and thematic identity. Otherwise they're just kind of like, they're like just random chess pieces. Like they do something, but you don't necessarily care who they are or why they are. You don't get attached to that something. Like, I don't care that the Bishop moves on the diagonal. It doesn't, you know, I don't move diagonally. Well, I guess, I mean, I do sometimes, <laughs> but like, that's not my whole identity, right? I, it is mine. I actually only move ide- diagonally. <laughs> that's, that's it. It makes stairs really awkward for him. Actually, you should see him kind of like zigzag around these things. You know, we make it work, yeah. but you know, I, actually I want to expand on that. Not only just seeing them as chess pieces, but in particular, in Grand Archive, because of the anime and like obviously in a lot of cases that like waifu style aesthetic being applied, mm-hmm. um, it's easy to not just see them as chess pieces, but also to only see them as chest pieces. Um, which I you said that, and then I just wanted to like throw that out there. That's my nice. that's my one clever quip for the day. But seriously though, I I think it would have been really easy. I think it would have been really easy for the company to just go, you know what, we're just we're going to make a cool card game and we're just going to toss random pictures of good looking women and occasionally not quite often enough shirtless men mm-hmm. on on the artwork here and just call it a day, you know, boom, like buy the cards. They they look pretty. Um, and I love seeing that that isn't the case. You know, I love this commitment to like, no, actually we're going to use this and we're going to build out a world and an ongoing story because we can see from other card games, you look at what magic, the gathering started building years ago where they, they magic, the gathering. I mean, many years ago, they knew this, right? Like they've known this for forever. It took them until about, Oh, what was it? Like, I mean, Tempest, I Tempest is the first one I note as like the start of like the, the weatherlight crew going to, it's a magic lore podcast now, magic lore podcast Uh, now. Prior to that, though, even before that, they had like the Elder Dragons that they were starting with and then Urza and, and the Brothers War and everything mm-hmm. um, that they like kind of was an underpinning of a story. But then they focused in when they got to the Weatherlight crew on like, OK, here's kind of your cast and the, the next like several years 
were just following their adventures set to set and and kind of what was going on. And then eventually they pulled away from that and then I think found that players were not attaching as much to kind of the story going on. And then it was a few years later when they introduced the idea of Planeswalkers. Um, and then they really started to pin everything on their story of who these Planeswalkers are and what they do. And, and mm-hmm. I think part of that is just players players of a game, you know, I talk about this sometimes in other contexts, but like in a TCG, when we get into a TCG, we're not, not everyone. I mean, some some people just get in because they're like, well, it's a fun chess game to play. And then I, at the end of the day, I, I go home and I don't care. Um, but a lot of us get into TCGs because they are these all-encompassing hobbies. Um, we like TCGs because we get to use a lot of our mental capacity on them from playing the game to building decks for the game, dreaming up new combos, uh, you know, anticipating the, these new cards to see what they what they can do and what they can add to our current understanding of the game and appreciating the artwork, collecting the artwork, collecting um, chase cards, promos. There's like so many facets of, of like creative expression of uh, our own self identity, our self, our, our sort of our worth. We apply to what we can collect and everything. There's a lot of these parts of us that get applied to a TCG, which is what I, uh, it, you know, the reason I got in this channel is because I appreciate that whole, that whole facet. And I think we part of that is is it, it it's nice for them to have more meaning than just the chess piece or the chest piece or the their artwork, um, but to kind of have part of a story. It locks into just another part of your brain where you can you can sort of find another way to to just uh, glue into that game and appreciate some you know like it's it's not only that it's telling good stories. It's like when, it's when the first JRPG came out. And everyone was like, whoa, like, yes, <laughs> you can have a story that like can make you think and feel at everything. It's you don't just have to like jump on things or collect pellets or whatever. Yeah. Or even like, you know, just traditional art, uh, like tabletop RPGs, right? Like all of that just involves making up the story as you go. It's it's nice to be able to just kind of like be put into the story and be able to follow along instead of trying to have to, you know, come up with a lot of those other creative outlets yourself like you already put a lot of that creative thought and expression into deck building um so it's nice to not have to come up with the characters on your own to give them those motivations yourselves yeah and i so yeah there's a very it's like a minor thing to a lot of people for a lot of people i'm sure it's just like wow that's cool artwork or, or whatever but like to me that was one of the first instances i saw where it's like oh you know like the I mean, they had the champion page on the website, which has like always been there, has been cool. But like this kind of like look at our cast, like look at who's involved in the story and and starting to analyze. OK, what like saw Tristan on one side, like I, I saw his people surprised. They were like, wait, Tristan's on like the villainous looking side. Like I thought she was. You know, they I mean, come on, she looks like pretty I, evil. <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, I agree. And I think there was already a story about her and everything. But like the point is like that doing that starts even those people who maybe didn't even care, you know, they never probably never even once thought they're like, I wonder if Tristan is a hero or a villain, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, but suddenly producing that context for someone that artwork, it makes people start to churn a little bit more and be like, Oh, why is that character there? Why are what? And then, and then maybe I wonder what they're doing. And like that kind of stuff is, is just the, the seedlings of developing a lore and a narrative that starts to actually hook people in 
um, which which will which will grow the game. It, it's a small thing, but like getting people hooked in is one way that companies fight attrition in card mm-hmm. games because we all face every day. I and I know more than most. <laughs> we we fight plenty of other card games drawing our attention. Not to mention other hobbies, other facets of life, and just stuff. So like having things that attach the players to it like that, even when they seem minor, I think, I think it's just awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100% agree. But that's, um, that's the lore segue yes. <laughs> for the day. Uh, yes. Another way, uh, these game companies like to fight attrition is through a uh, robust organized play system. Um, and we're really seeing, uh, the next iteration of that, um, now, especially now that the Omnidex has been, uh, released. Um, and for those who don't, are unaware or don't know the Omnidex is, is uh, Weebs of the Shores proprietary uh, application for um, tournament software and event rankings and um, just it all like all encompassing for, for their organized play um, situation. Um, so it's going to keep track of your points as you, as you go through events, it's going to keep track of your rating with against other players. Uh, it's going to be how you find events and stores where you can find, uh, new communities of grand archive. Um, uh, and this has been a long awaited, uh, they've been talking about it since the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that they've kind of gotten up to speed, they've been able to focus on this a little bit more. They've had some really good beta tests and it's out now finally. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Um, I was lucky enough to get a pretty low number on sign up. I know like a lot of people were really jonesing for that. So I'm going to break a little bit and I got 127. I was really excited about that. I think you got it like an even lower number. I was pretty quick. I got 113. Yeah. yeah very nice. I was, I was like, I remember clicking in and as soon as like it let me in, I like, I saw the fields quickly process them and like my name's short. So Dan Green. Okay. Boom. <laughs> like I just like zipped everything in as quick as possible. And, uh, we did see on discord, the person who got number one, which was mm. what one Oh one. Um, yep. and then we saw the person who got number one because the first hundred spots were reserved. And the next day we saw that, uh, T- true champion gaming's own Caben Schwartz and Truber was granted the Omnidex number one for his win at Ascent Houston, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, what, what an excellent prize. It was, that is an awesome prize, especially like, as he noted, you know, he didn't get to get points, the Omnidex points for any, for that obviously stellar performance. So it was nice. It, like, it's kind of a nice consolation prize. Like, well, we couldn't give you points at that point, but you can be number one for the history of Grand Archive, which is like, I, I would take that, honestly. No, like 100%. Um, I would. I do want to stop you real quick because we're going to get really into this, and yes. I never got a chance to do our usual support plugs. I got to make mm-hmm. sure I toss those out there. Yep. So all you guys listening, I make try to make this short as possible. If you really enjoy Recollection Step or our other Grand Archive podcasts, the two ways you can support us are likes, comments, uh, and um, subscribing on the YouTube channel. Just doing all that stuff, giving five star ratings on podcast platforms. I've seen those come in. Thank you so much for that. Thank you to all of you. I know some of you are listening. Like, yep. He's talking to me. Yeah, I saw you. Thank you for those five-star ratings. I really, really appreciate that and all the likes and everything. Um, super great. And then if you want to support us monetarily, Grand Archive is available on TCG Player. And if you're the next time you're shopping for cards, maybe you're building a spicy ALK deck, go ahead and use our affiliate link instead of just going to the normal TCG Player link. You won't pay anything extra, but we'll get a little kickback from that, which would be much appreciated. To, affiliate link is in the description, or you can always type bit.ly slash shop tcgs bit.ly slash shop tcgs thank you guys so much for your support 
Hmm. Now, Taylor, walk us through like this Omnidex thing is honestly, if if you're just looking at it for the first time, it's a little confusing. Um, it's it's not as confusing as some other game systems I've seen because I, <laughs> I think it kind of parses together pretty easily, but it doesn't mean that it's not going to confuse people. So let's talk about that. Why don't you walk us through how the Omnidex works? Yeah. Um, so the Omnidex is basically a system. Um, you go in, you've got a profile. It tracks uh, three different like metrics for you. It tracks veterancy, it tracks ELO, and it tracks event points. Um, veterancy is, uh, these are points that are just granted for every match of Grand Archive you play. Uh, it doesn't matter if you win or lose or not. Um, you get points for every single one. It just continues to climb, kind of like climb. This is like your your career point total, essentially, um, just of how much you've played. So it kind of just shows how, how long you've been with the game. Um, ELO is a uh, ranking system, uh, similar. It's probably, it's the same system like everywhere, right? So if you've played chess, if you've played Magic back in the day, you know what ELO is. It just, as you play against other players, you and you win you get more points if you lose you lose points and they get your points and you just got a, a ranking system based on what your or a rating system not a ranking system sorry a rating system kind of like just shows kind of where your ability is in comparison to other players well, um, i want to i want to just add a just a little bit of extra context to that so i um yeah elo elo used to be used by magic the gathering they they went away from it in favor of planeswalker points many years ago i don't even know how they do it now i haven't been paying attention and mm-hmm. un- that's unfortunately just a problem uh, with a number of players for that game um uh, it's uh but when when they were uh, like more integrated into like focusing on competitive play um they used elo ranking and the, the thing about ELO and the reason it's used in chess and the reason it was used in Magic Gathering, many, many um, TCGs that take competition seriously will use ELO as well is because the the core to the system is that the amount of points, everyone starts at a baseline level of ELO. Um, and in Grand Archive, I think in, in most situations it's, well, it's Grand Archive, it's 1200. Is it, mm-hmm. I feel like 1600 is more normal in some other cases, but I, um, I can't remember for sure. I just, I just set up an account on chess.com like two weeks ago actually and they start you at 600 so oh, okay. I, I think it varies okay like, it starts you somewhere yeah. is the point mm-hmm. yep. and then the amount of points you win or lose are based on a mathematical calculation between your points and your opponent's points meaning that if you beat someone who is significantly higher points than you you'll gain relatively more points than if you beat someone who is at the same level or lower than you uh, conversely, if you lose to someone, let's say you go up against Kaben, you you're you go in a sense first round against Kaben, you're a new player or something, you're like, uh oh, I'm scared. Uh, you fight your heart out, but he beats you because he's number one. He can actually say he's number one for all time now. <laughs> um, so he beats you, and he is a high elo, right? You the good news is you're barely gonna lose anything. You're gonna lose like a a couple points or something, like not a big deal. Um, whereas when you're going against people who are a lower ranking than you and you've, if, if you're lower ranking Cabin and you beat him, he's going to be like, ah, dang, like I just lost a bunch of points because I lost to this person. And you um, gained a bunch of points and you gained a bunch of points. Yeah, it's, exactly. So it can, that, which can seem a little harsh, but like the, the point is the other parts of the system here are what really, I think leverage this in. So go ahead. I just wanted yeah. to talk about ELO though. Yep. Uh, yeah. And I will note too, uh, 
larger events and premier events contribute more towards your ELO than like locals. Um, so if you beat Cabin at uh, the next ascent or at nationals, you get more points there than you would if you beat him at your your local store. Which I, th- um, I that's a huge thing too because it means yes. that the if if it were like you won or lost the same amount of points everywhere and it was like a actually pretty significant for for losing to Cabin, it would mean that the players at Cabin's locals were would be disincentivized from going to locals and playing mm-hmm. against him, yep. which would be problematic for growing the game in that area. Yes. Um, so that's, I mean, I love that that's a component of how that algorithm works because it means that you, you don't have to worry that much until everything's on the line. Once you're at the high mm-hmm. level event, then it's like, but I mean, at that point, you know, you've already listened to our tournament preparation podcast, so you don't have anything to fear. You're all ready to go. Exactly. Um, it also means that, uh, like if there's rewards for hitting certain ELO thresholds, you're less likely to lose those or get go back underneath those thresholds if you know at your local events and we'll be getting into that later in the podcast um and then yeah the last component that they're tracking here is event points uh and these are uh points based on your top six performances uh in events throughout the season um and we'll get into what a season is here later um but it's just those six six events where you have your your best performance those are going to count towards your event points um and then those all kind of um, are combined for one seasonal ranking uh, called championship points. Um, so that's, uh, what is that? That is, that's going to be your veterancy points plus um, your event points. Yep. Uh, plus 33%, a third of your ELO. Uh, right. That's going to equal your championship points. Yep. Um, yeah. And then, um, your championship points are good for a season and a season is essentially just going to line up with the, the sets as they release. So um, according to Omnidex in five hours, we'll be starting season one uh, chemical revolution um, and we'll be off to the races and any events you start after those five hours and enter in through the Omnidex will count towards your championship points, which is really neat. So, you know, the, the whole CP thing, the, I think it's really, I mean, I, I think it's not too hard to figure out how it works. Um, it's two two numbers that just get added together with 33% of a ranking, right? Mm-hmm. There's definitely a number of details, though, that I think people are going to get a little lost. So I just want to like, I, I want to just break down a couple more aspects of this that I think are just like, I think mostly just like phrasing things in another way, which mm-hmm. I think will just get a couple of concepts in people's minds. So um, so we, obviously we talked a lot about the ELO and that's just going to be something that goes up and down. Only 33% of that, like Taylor said, contributes to your CP. So right now, until anyone plays in anything, when you sign up on Omnidex, your, your CP is 400, mm-hmm. um, because you start out at ELO 1200, 33% of that, and you don't have anything else accrued. The, uh, veterancy is I, my favorite aspect of this. Honestly, this idea that you're going to gain points from every event you play in. Win or lose, you're going to get points for playing in those events. That's going to accumulate, and those will never, ever reset. It just mm-hmm. If you play in enough events, you'll start every season with a bunch of CP because you have been playing the game for 10 years, and you, so you're like, you deserve to be at a higher CP. Um, you will still need to get, you know, have a good ELO to get a higher rating. You'll still need to play in some big event points. That's where those come in though. So the event points, mm-hmm. 
um, are kind of a cool, like it's, it's like, how much are you participating this, this season? Like how much are you getting into the game right now? Um, so veteran sees how much have you put into the game across your lifetime, but event points is, are you active right now? Are you going to major events? Um, because really, you know, it's, it's just going to look at your six best performing events. But of course, just like in ELO, the bigger events are the ones that are going to reward higher event points. So if your top six performing events are your six locals, you know, that's fine. You'll get some points for that. That's cool. But if your top six performing events are like two regionals, a store champs and three ascents that you went to, then your event points and, and you did decently enough, right? That those event points are probably going to eclipse the the locals points. And that's just going to, that's like the reward for the people who want to tournament grind, you know, the, like the, the grinders who are like, I want to just get to as many big events as I can, because the more of those I go to the higher chance I have of, of succeeding. And it, it's kind of like a little kickback and like, okay, well, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you didn't quite make it to top eight this time, but you top 32 and that's worth a ton of event points for you this season. Um, so I, I like that just that combination of those three things is sort of a way of rewarding every aspect mm -hmm. of engaging with the organized play system from the casual, like if you don't care about ELO or going to big events, you are just going to, you're going to, your, your ELO is going to adjust either way. You know, you, if you do better, that's great, but your veterancy is going to build up no matter what. It means that eventually, even the, just even the, the worst player in the game can eventually grind up to a high veterancy to start earning some cool rewards, which we'll talk about in a second. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I like that though. 100%. Well, and it doesn't like punish you for if you have to like take some time off from the game for whatever reason. And like, you can only make it to like one or two locals every couple of months at that point. Right. Like if you've got a kid all of a sudden, like if you're like school, you're in school and it just like, all of a sudden you've got this heavy like semester, like you're, you're not punished because you have to, to take a break from the game, which is great. And then, um, even if like you're new to the game, you can still spike some events and you can just really come out way ahead with event points too. Like it's really cool. How all this comes together. Like it's a really nice balance system. Um, yeah. And so then your, your rank is kind of based on your championship points. And at the end of the season, uh, there's actually rewards for what your peak rank in the season was, um, which is sweet. So, uh, for bronze, which they have a threshold of 600 CP, you get a promo, a foil promo, um, it, if you make silver, you'll get an additional foil promo and that's 1000 CP, uh, another one at gold, uh, 1500. And then if you are top 100 in rank, um, for the season at the end, you'll get a new CPR foil, um, of the, currently it looks like it's the same one as the gold, um, just a CPR version instead of the normal promo version. Um, but, uh, that, that stands for collector promo rare, by the way. So it's like a, a really cool, like signature card, um, with a sweet, like texture on it and, and awesome foil pattern. Um, I'll have a picture gorgeous. for the, for the video viewers of mm -hmm. the promos, but the bronze is an empowering prayer. It's a new card from, they're all new cards from Alk actually. So bronze is empowering prayer. Silver is swooping talons, which is that kind of cool modular ranger, um, you know, interaction tool. And then the golden ascendant are scry the skies, which is a really, really awesome promo because that card mm -hmm. is super, uh, super useful in many, many decks. Yep. Yeah. It has some like really cool Astro theming to it. It's, it's dope. Very exciting. Um, let's see. Yeah. And then, I mean, that kind of covers like the, the just base kind of point system in the Omni decks. Um, yeah. 
let's see um each kind of op season we've talked about so far so alchemical revolution in uh may or june whenever mercurial heart releases that there'll be a new season there too uh there'll be new promos in omnidex rewards after that um so i want to just just so we don't get too confused on our wording i want to say that the um so the the season well i guess i want to double check like i want to make sure we're Hmm. we have the same understanding because the season one is for alchemical revolution there's going to be a season two um with with i think with mercurial heart um but yep. Well, now now I'm not positive because the season goes through nationals next year. Um, no, mm-hmm. here we go. So Alex no, season did. goes through May 17th, and Merc. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Mercurial Heart releases. Yep. But the the rewards are uh, for nationals are going to build up throughout the whole year, which is something we'll talk about a little bit. I just want to make yes. sure we were on the like. Yeah. I want to no. make sure I was on the same page here. Yes. Honestly. Yeah. Essentially, I think we are. So we have each season basically relates to a booster set. Um, so season one will be for alchemical revolution. That'll end on May 17th. Like you said, um, once Mercurial heart releases the, a new season will start. Um, I don't know if it starts right after the old season ends or if there's like a gap or whatever, we don't know that yet. Um, but then, yeah, all these seasons throughout the year kind of combine um, for like a nationals, um, period i'll say um won't call it a season because i don't want to mix the two terms or give it two meanings or whatever um uh, but yeah so uh once that season resets those promos will reset um your event points reset i think as well um i'm not sure if elo resets or not i would assume it doesn't um but i don't know if that like decays or anything either as we elo does not reset season to season okay um it just keeps you know moving up and down Mm-hmm. So the event points are the re- again. That's the like, are you playing currently thing? Where the elo, yes. you can stop with playing. You can get to two thousand rank, and then you can just stop playing for a while. They haven't said anything about a decay system. Mm-hmm. I think you're, I think you're good. But they could, you know, they could always add one later if they felt like it was necessary for some yep. reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think like the the event points. You know, it, I'm just thinking about it more. The event points are the thing that will prevent the a player who let's say we had a player who reached 2000 elo and was just like you know top 10 or whatever i don't know what the top 10 cutoff would actually be mm-hmm. but they're just like top 10 for elo and they built up a bunch of veterancy so that player theoretically will be in the ascendant category where the they they theoretically could be in the ascendant category where they would get that cpr if mm-hmm. someone reached such a high level you know without this event point system they would probably just get mailed to cpr every few months even if they're not playing but the event point system is really in there like saying we're going to push up everybody who has a high ELO and veterancy, but actually played the season to be the ones who are receiving the rewards instead. Yep. Which makes sense. They sh- I mean, that's, they should <laughs> make yes. sense. Yep. Yeah. Well, and it also like rewards to people who have just been playing constantly as well. Like um, if we, if we're playing like another year or two and I decide to take a break and you don't, you're going to have more veterancy points than I do as well, which also makes sense. Like you just continue with the game and, um, it, it's nice though. I can still go spike some events and hopefully make it in, you know, somewhere in that, that top 100 range. Like there's, there's so many options here, like for you to play kind of at your pace and at, at your skill level. It, it's really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. One other thing that was kind of spoiled, um, that's yeah previewed um 
going into kind of like regionals and, and nationals and how those are changing for 2025. Um, our first, the, it's kind of like a, uh, as an aside almost, um, there's new event packs that'll be appearing at regionals throughout, um, throughout the season, I suppose. I, we might see it kind of go throughout the year. I suppose it, it kind of depends on how this first season goes. Um, we'll see, but anyway, there's new, uh, Sapphire event packs similar to the silver and gold event packs that you are familiar with from locals and, and other grand archive events you've played in. Um, but instead of having a chance to be a foil from the current set, uh, it's, going to be a foil from the exclusive alchemical revolution starter deck cards which is really neat because those cards don't appear at foil in the the boosters at all um and there's like a lot of really really cool material deck cards and a lot of really cool main deck cards that um are gonna be awesome to get foils from through that the the cards that they show in this image which is on the screen for the youtube viewers uh all of them i want to have in foil because Mm -hmm. they are all really good cards uh cosmic bolt is the staple win con for cleric decks. Uh, Archon Broadsword is an insane Neos weapon that just does a crazy amount of damage. Shadow's Twin is the key ranger component to the like wild damage combos that she does at level three. And Cosmic Astroscope is just a huge value engine for cleric as well. So they're, mm-hmm. they're all sick. Yeah, yeah. Gonna be a lot of really cool foils coming out from that, that event pack. It's very exciting. But the cool thing about this is that it's 100% foil rate. I mean, yes. you're gonna get you're gonna get a random card from the starter decks, but it's they're always gonna be foil, mm-hmm. which is the the first time I think they've done an event pack where it was guaranteed foils. Yeah. Um, actually, I mean, it really ups the value proposition on like regional events too. Um, I think, I think so. that's kind of been a little bit of a pain point for some players throughout the year, just like especially if they've had to travel quite a ways for um, regionals, like. Uh, I don't know if St. Louis or Michigan is closer to us off the top of my head. It's probably like just a couple hours difference, but either way, it's, it's like a 12 plus hour drive to either one of those. Uh, And those are the closest regionals to us by far. So just like having like a little bit more kind of incentive to go to some of these events is really neat. I Um, think this, I mean, this makes me want to travel more than mm -hmm. uh, the, the sort of pre Omnidex season regionals. Were. Yeah, uh, we not we neither of us made a trip to, mm-hmm. um, to any of those. Though we did have uh, at least one local player, um, yep. or a couple local players, I should say, who, uh, did make the trip, um, and even performed well. Uh, yes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm this next season. I'm definitely going to be looking at anything even remotely nearby to try and make a trip to. Yes, very much so. Um, especially because like the way nationals have. You know, national qualifiers has changed now too. So previously, um, all you needed was an invite card from uh, one of any number of uh, of events. Um, it could have been a store championship that you won. It could have been a regional that you topped. They had invites to top thirty two at the ascents that they've had so far. Um, so plenty of ways to just get exactly uh, <laughs> one of these these invites. Um, so moving forward now, instead of needing an invitational card for um, your, your entry to this event. I just, I'm not trying to show off. I just realized that nobody on the YouTube video could see, cause I cropped the box, the, our, I crop our videos to boxes. Yes. So just so people know what we're talking about the, I mean, we're talking about some, some, they do pretty cards. Actually, this one is just an ascent top 32. This one isn't an entry card, but, but it is, these, it's very pretty. <laughs> these are going to be very, very beautiful cards as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yes. So we're moving from just a single invite card to a, a point system now to enter. And the number of qualifier points are called uh, national qualifier points or NQPs uh, that's needed to enter depends, uh, varies depending on where your, your nationals is. For North America, it's going to be 12 points. Uh, for Southeast Asia and Oceania, it's going to be 10 NQPs. And for Europe, uh, it looks like there's going to be a national event in 2025. Spoiler, uh, you'll need eight NQPs for that. Um, and so the kind of change here is that you're going to get QPs from your Omnidex ranking, uh, from your championship points. Uh, we know that's going to convert to either, uh, somewhere between two and five points, depending on how many championship points you have. Um, and so notice that's not enough to get into a nationals event, uh, at any location. So you need to supplement that, um, with other point, um, uh, sources and those sources uh, also come from invitational cards qualifier cards but now instead of just being a blanket entry they each card is worth a, a certain number of points as well um the store championship qualifier cards are worth two nqps and the uh, ascent and regional qualifier cards are worth three uh so total that's like somewhere between kind of like four to six events that you have to do somewhat well at uh, in order to qualify plus your, your championship points ranking. Um, so that's, I mean, that's quite a bit more than what we've experienced in the past. Um, like previously I could just go to my local store championship and win it. Um, well, I shouldn't say I could cause you did that at our local store championship, <laughs> You're right. but somebody could do that. Um, and they could go to nationals and now, now they've got to do that a couple of times and still keep their, their Omnidex ranking up. Um, so it's a, it's a little bit more difficult to, to qualify for nationals now, but we also have just a lot more, I think, opportunities moving forward to, to get these sources. And um, one thing I didn't touch on is that in the past, you could uh, sell these qualifier cards um, if you had multiple for whatever reason, or if you couldn't go and like you just had one and you couldn't attend anymore, you could still sell it and somebody else could buy it and, and enter uh, instead. Um, you can still sell or trade or do whatever with these cards to kind of move some points around somewhere. Um, you just, uh, you just need a couple more now. Um, so yeah. <laughs> well, so there's a lot, I mean, I think there's a lot that there's a lot to talk there. about here. Yes. Yep. Um, so the national qualifiers thing was, uh, in the discord right after this came out was one of the sort of biggest points of contention. Um, and, and right, like pretty much right after this started, we got in the conversation and Cabin popped in and was like, Dan, are you guys going to be talking about this on the channel? And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, I think this is, this has got to be our, our podcast topic. So even though this is Elk launch day podcast, instead of gushing over Elk, we, we wanted to talk about this because this is a, this is an interesting topic and we have, we have thoughts on it that we thought some people might find interesting as well. So the big change to this is, and the one that like sort of the elephant of the room changes um, the, the amount you have to do, as Taylor said, to get qualified for nationals is very different, um, uh, very different now. And the, the point of contention that people have is that it's basically it's, that's, that's too much. Um, in some way it's too much to do. It's too difficult to do that. Um, and that, it's going to discourage players according to, according to people. The argument is it's going to discourage players from playing the game when they can't 
qualify for nationals uh, when it's too difficult for them to qualify for nationals, right? It's like sort of a train of logic, like that's too difficult because it's too difficult. They're going to get discouraged from playing Grand Archive. Um, so I guess like that's ultimately what we want to do is just talk about sort of our feelings related to that line of logic, um, as well as just our feelings about the, you know, with this, the potential that the overall system has uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is going to be, I think, the real like meat and potatoes of the podcast this week. Um, I want to start by just talking about some numbers um, because it's uh, it's been a lot of numbers and it's really easy to get lost in it. So the 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 numbers to keep in mind, the really key parts of this are the the Omnidex rating first of all, of uh, two through five points based on your ranking. We don't know what the thresholds are, but you can imagine there's going to be basically some thresholds. The thresholds can be done in one of two ways. It can be like, if you have X points, you get X points, right? Mm -hmm. Or it can be the top X percent get five points. Then the next X percent of players get four points. I, you know, they can do one of those. Basically it's going to be some route like that though. Mm -hmm. Um, the next thing to keep in mind, so the thing you're going to get two to five points based on how how high your objects are. The next thing to keep in mind is what region you're located in is going to really dictate what you have to do. Now, the, the reason these regions are spread out this way, 12 for North America, 10 for Southeast Asia and Oceania, and eight for Europe, is because those not every region has the same access to events. Weaves of the Shore is a US-based company building the game and simply has more infrastructure built out more uh, a a potentially numerically larger player base percentage of players wise i don't know but you know but like a numerically larger player base and there's going to be just simply more events that take place in north america mm-hmm. canada's they're still working on but so it can't, canada's in a kind of a bad position currently because like they have the 12 nqp qualifier point threshold but they have way fewer events. So it's harder for them to get to events. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, to be fair that like Canada has gotten a lot of benefits from being America's neighbor uh, for a long time. It's, <laughs> I'm not saying like they deserve it cause they don't like, it's not, it's not fair, but it, you know, there's, it's, it's a give and take is all I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is, this is what you guys have to deal with for, for the glory of being on top of us on the map. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, I mean, but they're, I mean, they've also said, you know, they've gone into detail about how they're working to try and improve Canada's uh, infrastructure for Grand Archive as well. So hopefully that all shakes out. But Europe, who is they're just really starting to try and build out now, only requires eight, which means that if you are a high ranked player um, on the Omnidex in Europe, you may only need a single ascent or regional top cut. And re- remember, again, that's another thing. Store championship winner gets a card. But for Ascents and Regionals, it's top cuts. For Ascents, it's top 32, mm-hmm. um, which is not not easy, certainly not easy to no. do, but because the Ascents have the, the highest caliber of player, mm-hmm. but it is um, it, a lot more get given out at that yep. event, right? Yep. So it makes a lot more float into the market there. Regionals, I believe, are typically, it depends on the attendance, but typically top eight or top four, depending. Um, and we'll see how things shake out and, the big thing about all that is that, so this is going to be going on. You're going to be collecting NQP, not just for that season, not just for, not for the alchemical revolution season. And I think a lot of people saw this right away and had a knee jerk reaction is they're like, there's no way that by May I'm going to have mm-hmm. 12 points. Um, 
And you don't have to, because you're going to have a chemical revolution, the mercurial heart season, and then the next set after that, those seasons, each of those seasons having multiple ascents, multiple regionals, Mm -hmm. and at least, you know, one star championship per store, um, in that you can, that you can make your way to. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, this is not needed for the current 2024 regionals happening or nationals happening in about a month and change It's for the 2025 nationals happening in over a year from now. So yep. there's, there's a lot of time to go through and qualify for this event and go find some events to, to attend and, and do well at. And I, I, I think it's safe to say like the number of, of events should be growing this year. Like I would expect to see more regionals and potentially even more sense this year. Um, just assuming the game is going to continue to do well. And like, this is a downer statement, but like, I mean, if the game isn't doing well, do you, is this really a nationals you want to go to anyway? Like you've probably <laughs> moved on at the, that point. Right. You know, I, I hope it doesn't get to that point. Like I, I would much rather see the game succeed and, and be uh, very lively for years to come. <laughs> but I mean, let's just be real. Like if they're at the point where like they're canceling events and stuff and you actually just physically can't get to enough events, it, it might mean the game is just in a bad state. Um, but you know, hopefully that's not the case. I, I'm expecting, I'm very optimistic. I think, think we'll see a ton of events throughout the year. I think we'll see a lot of opportunities to get, get these invitations. I think you're hitting at the, the thing I really wanted to talk about in this. And I don't, I don't fault anyone for, being on the other side of this kind of train of logic, because mm. the the train of thought that can be really difficult for some people to get on is that that sort of like optimistic, trusting, like sort of I it's a it's a train of logic that gets you into a lot of trouble sometimes, right? Um, mm-hmm. The like you know what it it'll it'll be fine. We the we're talking about the uh, the um, uh, what did I what did I call it a couple podcasts ago the uh, uh oh man i already forgot i I thought i coined this cool phrase and then i can't remember <laughs> i don't know oh, like yeah. don't people who don't worry about i i i um oh the, like i say it'll be fine about everything i can't <laughs> the whatever who cares um someone in the comments will be like you called it this <laughs> and i like it was even like the the chapter name for that <laughs> that oh. section it's like don't be a something or some something something i don't remember whatever um, I'm I'm overly optimistic sometimes um, as a, as a person in general because I like uh, to believe in good and and I like to believe in excitement and happiness and all this kind of stuff. So that is not um, an easy position to take when in the face of some card game companies uh, and the decisions that they make. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not a it, it's not a wall that protects me from that shields me from seeing negative decisions. Uh, it's a wall that generally keeps me looking on the silver lining of, of negative decisions, but as negative decisions build up, that wall breaks down. Um, that's kind of how it works for me. So weebs of the shore so far is the company that has not given me any real reason for that wall to be breaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to think that they are very rational, you know, not only just from what we see outwardly from their major announcements, but listening to people like Roger on, on the latest episode of talk GA podcast, which go subscribe to them as well. Um, they have an incredible podcast on grand archive. They had Roger and the TM 32 guys in there. I mean, listening to 
Ken from TM32 and Roger from Weebs talk about where they came from and what they bring, what perspective they bring to everything. Ken and, and TM32 being the ones running Worlds and Ascent Ontario and building out these large events and Roger being just in charge of operations in general, like everywhere. Mm-hmm. You get a sense that these people really, they have a background and they understand how to how to sort of not overscale themselves, not oversell themselves, but just how to slowly properly build something out. So when they show me this and they tell me that you're going to you're going to need a lot of points now to qualify for nationals, my my gut reaction is again, it's different than other people because other people are raised in different in different circumstances with the way mm-hmm. with re- how they regard different TCG companies. I like if you're a Bandai refugee, like I get it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um there's a little bit of extra shade, but you know, if it's, it's, uh, lots of companies give you lots of reasons to think negatively, but when they say this, when Weeb says this, I think, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch this play out because my assumption and not really even a strong assumption one based on, you know, the, just what they've said in a lot of their recent communications is that. They are at, in addition to this, they're building out their, their outreach, their demo outreach, their store outreach to get more access to, to get stores, the information they need so that when players go to them, which by the way, players, if you don't have a local area, you should be checking in with your pick an LGS you like, and just say like, Hey, you know, I've got a few players who want to play this. Have you heard about it? Have you talked to your distributor about it? Because that's at some point there has to be a connection between those two groups because the stores as much outreach as weebs can do to an LGS, the LGS isn't going to stock it unless they think they're going to be able to sell some packs to you. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you, yep. And, and if you've reached out in the past and, and had mixed results or, you know, lackluster results you know, reach out again at some point in the future, after some time has passed, like things, things change as time moves forward, right? Like, uh, stores might see that, Oh, there's now somewhat of an audience for this. We can, we can kind of stock this a little bit more, uh, confidently than we could in the past and yep. you know this will probably sell like things are gonna just you, got, you always got to keep kind of your 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 um, fingers to the pulse of of what's going on and and kind of continue to to uh make an effort into getting the scene grown if that's what you want to do and and like i want to talk about that more i just want to say there's also going to be more ascents there's going to be mm-hmm. more regionals than than before we like we can make all those assumptions right yep. but a lot of this argument that people were making was really hinged on this idea that um, by making nationals so strict to qualify for, which, I mean, at some point for a competitive circuit, you have to narrow down your Mm -hmm. competitive players anyway, where you do that isn't as relevant. But the point is if like, if we can, if we think about how Weebs is projecting this, if they're projecting the game to grow a certain amount and don't think there aren't people running the numbers on this kind of thing at, at a company trying to actually this, grow their business. Like there this are is numbers. their job. Yeah. yeah like, this is what they're doing for a living right now. Like this is their job to do this and figure this stuff out and, and make these forecasts. Like <laughs> they're not just like throwing darts at a board and be like, yeah, we'll probably do better this year. Like, no, there's, they've got yeah. data to back this up. I, like otherwise they wouldn't be here. They roll, they roll some 12 sided dice to determine how many NQP each region needs or something. It's <laughs> oh, like, critical. no, like all, all of this is, is based on a projected growth of the game, which mm-hmm. they have, they have, I mean, 
they have more numbers than I do. They have more numbers than you do. Um, they have sales numbers. They have store numbers. They, I mean, like they can look at all this stuff and they, they know who, how many event kits they're sending out. They know how many players and now they know how many players are registered on Omnidex, which is a, another mm-hmm. big thing. Um, so they can do all this. And then the determination for the points is based on how many people they, they expect to, they want to have a, a qualified for nationals for a proper tournament on the other side of things. Like, yeah, I mean like one piece is a game that's doing extremely well right now to the point where they, they literally just ran a 2,500 person major tournament. Okay. And like, awesome. Like, seriously, I've, it's like, that's, that's great. That's killer. I'm so glad that they're that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's nuts. I'm, it's so, I'm so happy for the players that they, they get access to mm-hmm. that. Um, one piece is just a killer IP and it's, and it's a solid game. I've talked about it in plenty of our other stuff. Um, and it's attracted a, an audience who love it. And I like, seriously, I, even though I've made a quip about Bandai earlier, I think that's great, but you he, the there are different levels of tournaments for a reason an open event like that should be as many players as you can get to sign up as many as you can fit into your venue should be able to play in it but a nationals qualified event where you had to you had to win a thing to get there you had to you had to like certainly like you, you had to in some way qualify yourself in order to even attend this thing that sh- i straight up that shouldn't be a 2500 person event or something like that like like and that's just taking the extreme exa- as an example but like mm-hmm. you have to have a narrower field because how awful is it to go to this event and go like yeah out of these literally 2500 people we have to now fight each other out in like a grueling 16 18 round tournament or whatever to mm-hmm. get to the eight people who are going to go to worlds. That's just like, that's absurd. Well, and that, I mean, that's, I think something to really take into account here too. Like we're really, uh, the goal Weebs has with nationals here is to filter the best players in the region, uh, in their national environment to the world championship, which is actually a very exclusive event. Like they want it to be very competitive and they want it to be the 16 best players in the world that they can reasonably suss out. Right. Um, and you just, you, you can kind of get that with a larger open tournament like that. Like if you've got like a thousand person tournament, a 2,500 person tournament, the the best players are going to do better on average than the, the worst players in that tournament. But there's also just so much variance that like anything can happen with a tournament of that size, right? Like, especially since you don't have to do anything to enter, you just show up. Um, but by, by ensuring that people qualify for this event somehow, right? Like, sure you can buy your way in but like i would have ventured that most people are not going to be buying all 12 points next year right? it would be expensive to do that exactly um like you're gonna have really good players here uh and and they're gonna be competing for the shot to like win the world championship and that, that that's something we want a high level of competition for um but and we have we have open events we have a sense like we already have like these really cool gatherings where everybody can show up and kind of hang out and play and compete. Um, it's like that's still a high level competitive event. Um, it's just more accommodating to the size of the player base or the size of, of however many people want to show up. Um, and just the kind of atmosphere of it all. Whereas nationals is just going to be very like, it's going to be very sweaty. I would imagine it's going to be uh, sweaty. Yeah, like, <laughs> like we're we're gonna go to nationals in a couple months, and we're yes. gonna be 
sweaty there for sure. Uh, I, I'm already sweating about it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you you hit on something that I think is really important to point out. Um, so this idea of of being able to buy and sell qualifier cards. Now, this is something that is actually somewhat unique to Grand Archive. It's not mm-hmm. common for games to do this in this exact way. Um, it's, it's not the first time, but it's it's an uncommon thing. So these qualifier cards currently, so I'm talking about the 2024 season right now, you can go on eBay or go on the, one of the marketplaces. Actually, I don't know if there are any up on eBay, but you can go on a marketplace and you can pretty easily find yourself a qualifier card. Um, it'll mm-hmm. cost you somewhere between, I think somewhere between right now, like 250 ish to four or 500, depending on the card that you get. Some of them are, mm-hmm. are different than others because they're different cards. Cause some like this, you know, the CPR tithe proclamation might be more exciting to you than the CPR orb of glitter or something. Yeah. That gets into a whole different topic about right. the market behind the, the value of the, the CPRs. But yeah, but, but the point is right now you can go, you can go pay a, a few hundred dollars and qualify for nationals. Right. Um, now, on the one hand, I love that system because I love the idea that like someone can win their event and they're like, well, I don't want to go to nationals or I can't go to nationals or something. Mm-hmm. And they can cash out basically with that card if they if if they want to or they can pass it to a friend and be like, hey, you're going just bring me back the promos. You know, yeah. you get free entry to nationals. Bring me back the promos. Well, um, and it, it incentivizes winners to go to other you know qualifying events as well and keep attendance up and keep playing and keep yep. the competitive spirit going there too i so i like that system a lot yeah mm-hmm. exactly however i understand the other side of the coin which is yeah. that like well there's going to be a bunch of people at nationals this year who just bought a card right because the barrier to entering is pretty low this year right so what is the solution, Taylor, if you want to keep the positives of being able to buy and sell your nationals qualifying cards uh, while making it so that someone can't just simply spend a couple hundred dollars and qualify themselves? It's you. I'm answering for you. You Thank raise you. the <laughs> amount that you need you um, mm-hmm. to get. So it's it's cool because like these will still sell. Like if you're right. like if you, if you get a lurking assailant, you win you win store championship. And you're like, I'm just, you know, I, I won't be able to make it because I can only make it to like one ascent this year. So I'm probably not going to get to nationals. That sucks. That, I mean, that's like, there's yeah. going to be people. I also don't want to be really clear. There's going to be people out there who are like, my schedule just doesn't really allow me to attend enough events to be able to make it to nationals. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good news is you can still sell the card. Um, and now that, cause now there'll be some people who are like, I top 32 an ascent. I won a store championship and I'm guaranteed to get five Omnidex points. So I'm two points short and they're looking for your lurking assailant because the store champ they won was the next season or something. So you also can only enter one of each one, by the way, you can't just spike a Mm. few alchemical revolution store champs and enter a set of lurking assailants. Yep. Um, Yeah. And these, these, these cards change every single season too. So we have lurking assailant and something else now next season. Or with hubris. Orb of Hubris, thank you. And next season, there'll be two more cards. Season after that, two more cards. Yep. So yeah, you can't just go spike a bunch of tournaments early in the season or early in the year and be good and just get your fill from one season. You've got to go all the way through. And and like, so I, I think that's a, that's a positive, right? Just for mm-hmm. like how the general market works because it's it's going to allow people to still sell things, but it's going to make it so that the people who are buying are still going to have to do, I mean, again, like, they can spend a lot of money to qualify if they want to, mm-hmm. because they have to basically buy 
five of the promos, like three store champ and two regional ascent top cut cards. That's your 12 points. If you, yep. if your, your Omnidex rating is terrible and you don't even get two points for whatever reason. Um, but that just means what we're doing is we're greatly reducing the amount of people who are going to do that. But then there'll be some, there'll still be some people who just need to buy one more or something mm-hmm. to get there. Um, and it also gets at the heart of, I think a, just, and this is, this is going to be a, just a, a tougher thing for some people to hear. It's like hashtag real talk time on, mm-hmm. on recollection step, but here's, here's kind of the hashtag real talk about competitive TCGs is that like by their nature, they're about cutting down to the best players, right? Like that's like mm-hmm. literally you're going to a tournament. That's the reason that if you're, if you're trying, if you're like going to try, right. I mean, like yep. we like to go to tournaments just because it's fun. Right. But like if you're going there and you're like, have an expectation of trying to win, you're going there with the express purpose of causing a bunch of other people to not win. Um, and not everyone can be in worlds and by extension, not everyone can be in nationals. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's, it's another extension. Now I don't mean this to bring down anyone because again, that argument that was being made was that people are going to get turned off the game because they can't go to nationals. And that's, that's where I totally disagree. Um, I think nationals is, you know, nationals is that sweaty top cut like like we're here because we're gonna try and get to worlds now we've we've earned it and now it's time to really fight for it mm-hmm. um but there are going to be ascents and regionals throughout the year including extremely cool and fun events it, it like if you're if you're if you're someone who is complaining that like you don't want or that, that you think that it's like without being able to go to nationals next year, you're, you're missing out on the fun of going to big events. And if you're, and you're not planning to go to ascent worlds right now and play in the, like the three V three, like insane event with the mercurial heart release that same weekend and everything. I, it feels like a disconnect in, in logic there. Um, these events are going to take place all over the, all over the world. Ascent events that are hugely fun, extremely mm-hmm. great events, open attendance, just, just buy a ticket, you know, and then, yes. and, yep. and go there. And anyone who wants to play in major events will have the opportunity to do that, oh, whether yes. or not they're qualified for nationals. But I also think it's okay to have a couple of events, like literally just two. I'm asking for two <laughs> events, your local nationals, whichever one's local to you and worlds are the ones where we get to reward the players who do one of two things. The players who are the players who are the the spike, the ultimate spike player. They're like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go to this ascent, top 32 or top eight even. I'm gonna go to this regionals, top eight. I'm gonna go to this store champs. I win my store champs. That player, that player deserves to go to nationals because they are they may not perform, they may not, may not go to events all year, but they win everything they go to, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other player is the one who is probably more like how I tend to be in a game. If I'm getting into it. Um, I don't think I, I, I'm not, a, I'm not the spike player who just like makes it to the top cut easy. Cause I'm, I'm not Caben, but, um, or the rest of his team. I keep saying Caben just cause he's, he's number one, but Isaac and Terry also deserve all the credit. There's so many good, very, players. very good players. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not those players where I can just go spike those events. But if I want to, I can go to enough ascents, and enough regionals 
and make sure I hit my store champs up each time where Mm -hmm. I hopefully can win one of those store champs, right? Or some of our best players will win and and I'll be like, hey, let's, you know, let's make a deal so I can use one of your store champ cards because we're all working, we're a team, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I can top cut a regional and I can hopefully top 32 in a cent or maybe even two, right? Like I can, if you go to enough events, you get rewarded because Mm -hmm. the no player zero of one percent of players maybe would go to that many ascents and regionals and not get some performance increase at some point Mm -hmm. by nature of just going to those events and playing and trying you tend to get to the point where you can make a cut it's just sort of a law of large numbers thing as long as you're trying Mm -hmm. to improve yourself well and Um, and that's the thing too right like if you if you are one of those players who's going to these big events to to try and compete um and you you might not see yourself getting the results you you want at these events like you still can take a lot of solace in the fact that you're you're playing against some really good players often um and so you're going to be getting a lot of really good experience from that you're just going to you're going to get better from that you're going to get better from playing the best players um and like you're likely also somebody who's who's going out of their way to get better at the game anyway like you're probably playing in online tournaments whether that's webcam or tts uh there's a lot of things you can do to to get better at the game and like so there's there's a lot of avenues to just kind of like grind it out. Um, and, and maybe that's not the answer you want, but like, if you, if you want to get better at the game, you're going to have to grind it out anyway. Um, so, I mean, really like these are kind of like parallel tracks, like the, like they go hand in hand and they'll help you. Each one helps you achieve the other one. And, and it's really, like I said, it's like, it's a hashtag real talk situation where it's like, if you can't go to as enough events and you also can't spike the events, like from not, I mean, you gotta, it's tough. You gotta take yourself out of your own, your own mindset. It's, and, and our own egos also fight us constantly on this. But like, the question is, why do you think you deserve to be competing to be the world champion? If you can't do either of those two things, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a tough love kind of truth situation, but it's like Mm -hmm. the players who can do those and it's also a not fair thing too. Like not every like some people, yeah. you got families, you got lives, you got jobs. It's like you can't devote everything to it. But like I like I started this with, there's so much you can enjoy without being able to make it in. Whereas the players who deserve to make it in, like the true champion guys deserve to make it, right? The mm-hmm. people who are grinding these events who are flying out to New Zealand, who are like to play in Ascent Auckland. <laughs> Fly, flying out to play in and win in New Zealand. Yeah. Not quite <laughs> no, win. Not, well, not win, but like top, nope. I mean, top eight, I can say that. New Zealand did take it. A New Zealand yes. did take it. Yep. Yep. Took it, which was, which was awesome. But yes. Um, but yeah, like you, at some point you do have to just kind of distance yourself a little bit from your own, uh, like desire, your own, your own ego in a way and say like, it's okay if other people deserve this more than me this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think, I think for some people that'll be something to think about, you know, I, if you could tell me if you think I'm wrong, that's fine yep. too. Um, but I think for other people, it's going to be a thing that doesn't even matter to them. Um, and they're just like, there are people who are going to get into the game this year. This, this game's going to grow. There's going to be more people who get into it this year. And they'll just be happy to be attending store champs and to mm-hmm. find an ascent that they can go to with their friends or whatever. And that is like, 
we have, here's, here's my, like, I, I've talked a lot, so I'm going to let Taylor finish this off. But the last really important thing I want to say is that we have enjoyed playing and competing in Grand Archive so far for uh, almost a year with no worlds and no nationals. Okay. There's one coming, but like, if it wasn't coming, would I be not having fun? Would I be not wanting to play the game just because there's no specifically nationals. Like if this announcement was that, you know, we're just going to keep holding ascents, And then like every year there's whoever's got the best ascent record is the champion. Like would I still play? Yeah, sure. Like it's because I think grand archives an incredible game. And a lot of the new players coming in are going to see that too. It doesn't, the fact that they can't make it to nationals might not even be registering in their head. It's one of those things where I just feel like it's the new information and and humans just got to have hot takes on stuff. Sometimes you just got to react. And as, as Garth says, we fear change. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's, and so I, I realize there's our, a lot of our audience might be too young to get that reference. That's I didn't world. get it. You are not up in, in pop culture though. Like that one, I wasn't yeah. expecting you to get that one. That, that was <laughs> okay. for, that was for everybody kind of, you know, like who's, who's very familiar with Wayne's world and nineties and comedy and all that good stuff. I actually only recently watched not Wayne's World, but Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I watched oh it my last God. year for the first time. All um, right, we'll, we'll have to talk about this later because <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it took you this long. It was good. I liked it. It's fantastic. Anyway, yeah. To wrap it all up, um, you know, it's like real talk. It's it's going to be a tough break for a lot of us. I mean, it's probably going to be a tough break for Dan and I as well when we go to nationals and 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 don't you know, hopefully we do well, but we, there's a very good chance. We just don't, right. There's a lot of good good players that are going to be there. So who knows what's going to happen. Um, but I mean, it also means that there's kind of like this really cool thing on the horizon that maybe there's some sort of like, I don't have any insider information, obviously, but maybe there's some sort of like, kind of like pro circuit coming up that we're trying to build to with these nationals and world championships events. Like, uh, flesh and blood has a, a, you know, similar thing at this point where, they kind of had these callings, which are like a sense for, for grand archive. And they've built that into this pro tour infrastructure where they have, you know, uh, these events around the world where the best of the best play, these are like invite only tournaments and stuff. You have to qualify for them. Um, and then it culminates in a world championship at the end of the year. And it's just this really cool, like infrastructure where you see some really high level competition between like the best players in the world. Um, and like, you can kind of see that building a little bit here. Uh, with like the more um, exclusive national event as like tough as that's going to be for, for some of us to, to um, qualify for like us included, like, right. Like we aren't like in a really good regional spot (laughs) Um, and we're, we'll we'll (laughs) have a store championship like per season, which is great. Um, But there's, you know, there's quite a few competitive players at our local um, that just, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be rough for some of us to qualify for sure. So we're, we're in the same spot already as a lot of, a lot of people. Um, but as exciting as like this potential, like kind of these more professional level events are like, this is also something that's going to feed locals and, and get local game stores excited about the game as well. Like seeing kind of this more, uh, higher stakes events, um, seeing the infrastructure to feed those events, go through game stores. Like it's going to get these game stores onto the track on the bandwagon and, and want them to, stock product get more players locally like see how they can get on 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 the train here um like that's why people still stock 
magic, right? That's why they stock One Piece. That's why they stock Yu-Gi-Oh! still as good or bad as some people think that game is. Like there's still a, a competitive circuit for that. And um, a locals feed into that circuit. And so you have to play somewhere, right? So these are really good to kind of like help bolster that that local presence. It's it's free value for the LGS to now have the Omnidex feeding mm-hmm. points to people who come play, even though like the points are reduced greatly in some of the, some of the categories for the local play specifically, you can just now, now when you go to your LGS, you not only get the event packs, but you're going to get your veterancy points building up. You're going to get some ELO building mm-hmm. up or draw or dropping <laughs> depending on yeah. the player. Um, but you're going to build up the veterancy for sure. And you'll have those event points potentially to fall back on too. If you can't make it to major events, mm-hmm. um, it's not it's not like dropping the Omnidex necessarily makes a store that isn't into the game go, well, we got a stock grand archive. They have an Omnidex. Mm-hmm. But it does two things. It um, gives the stores an official way now because the stores are actually going to be working through Omnidex. They're going to register an Omnidex. Players will find their store through the Omnidex to come mm-hmm. play at. And stores will get event kits based on their Omnidex you know, submissions and everything. Um, so stores are encouraged to use it. It includes the tournament soft. God, I can't, we didn't talk about this and I'm not going to get into it, but I can't stress how important it is to have a good website or tournament software. Mm -hmm. Website tournament software is great. That just works, which apparently Omnidex does. I I haven't gotten the the pleasure yet of using it because the store backend is just being built in. Like, Mm -hmm. well, it'll be in once we've, um, once we go live with this, but um, having that in for a store is like huge because mm-hmm. they don't have to, they don't have to flounder around with bad software or challenge or something to run the event. Yeah. Um, we can finally stop using our chess website that we've yep. been using. Well, I mean, and like stores know how like horrible it is to use bad tournament software. Cause like magic had tournament software that was just like atrocious for a long time. Yeah. And you know, Bandai, I use that a lot. Yeah. You know, <laughs> And I'm going to throw a little bit of shade, but like Bandai's tournament app is not good. Um, no, it deserves all the shade. Yeah, TCG Plus is the worst it's a TCG mess. app. Um, Straight so, up. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that's huge. Just the, the easier you can make it for stores to run local events too is just huge. And like Omnidex is going to be a really big part of that. And the big thing is that players now are, if again, just say it one more time, go to your locals. If, if your locals drop Grand Archive after Dawn of Ashes or Fractured Crown or something, if you have a few players in the area it's time to stop in, it, you know, be like, okay, you know, with the new set, it's really exciting. A lot of, uh, you know, there's a few of us here who want to play. You can get your event packs for free. You just have to be on the Omnidex and, and run events that way. And and please, please tell your LGS that you'll buy a box through them if they do this. Yes. That's like, that's the key, guys. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they need to they need to sell the product to you. That's, why did they drop it? Because they weren't selling the product. Yep. Um, so I'm not saying you got to carry the weight of all the cases they order on your shoulders or anything. Um, but the the plan is that we've just continuing to try and build things out. So just keep checking back in with your store. Try to get things running again, because the point is that by you wanting to get these event points through Omnidex, that's another reason that the stores have to, uh, if they're informed about it, to run these events and, and host this stuff, because you're going to be there playing. But it's a it's a sort of a quid pro quo, guys. You like you gotta you gotta give a little to get a little. So that's mm-hmm. part of it too. Yep. And yeah, um, with that, I mean, I think that really wraps up kind of all the the major updates that happened around around Omnidex and uh, organized play. 
and uh, all these cool new events um, that we hope we'll hopefully see throughout the next year. Um, so I don't know about you, Dan, but I have to go back to kind of counting down the hours until the store opens on Friday so I can pick up product. Um, <laughs> I unfortunately a few days. <laughs> you're you're going to get to open them a lot sooner than me, but on I, I haven't posted on YouTube yet. There's going to be Monday night. Next Monday night, there's going to be a, a three case live stream on the main deck channel. Um, that I hope everyone comes and, and hangs out and, and uh, watches me fail to open a CSR out of three cases again. <laughs> oh, man, I hope that doesn't happen again. That would be horrible. What a feeling. Uh, oh. I'm, I'm just prepared for it this time, so that's okay. Yep. Listeners, that was that was not correct uh, or true of what I said. I, I secretly kind of want to see Dan whiff again. It I was wondering if that was really you that I was talking to, so thank yeah. you for clarifying. And yeah. now I know that it's Taylor. Oh my gosh, no, that would, that would, that would actually be so, so horrible. But anyway, yeah, so thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll see you again in two weeks with another great uh, recollection step. Um, and in the meantime, you know, I hope, I hope your pulls are good. Have good luck, everyone. Mm-hmm.